another episode of Money You Should Ask. I'm your host, Bob Wheeler, and in this episode, we're going to explore, question, examine, converse, dig deep, expose, laugh, and cry about the money beliefs, money blocks, and life choices of our next guest. Turn up the volume, listen, learn, and laugh. Do you feel like you're going through the motions in life, but not really living it? Do you long for more love, pleasure, and joy in your life? The Institute of Core Energetics offers webinars, workshops, and training programs designed to take you on a deep inner transformational journey that will help you develop more meaningful relationships with the people around you and embody the life you long to live. If you want real, lasting, and significant changes in your life, come join us for one of our free virtual community events. To register for the Money Summit and learn more about us, visit www.coreenergetics.org. I'm delighted today because we have from all the way in Wyoming where they have more antelope than people. uh, I'm not sure how many more, but there's a lot more I would imagine. We have with us today Michelle Vigil. Welcome. Hi. It's great to be here, Bob. It's great to have you. Michelle is the founder of Michelle Knows Money. She's worked with professional women who have um, experienced divorce, conquered their finance, financial finances so that they can live the lifestyle that makes them feel secure and strong. She is an educator. She has several degrees, uh, currently teaches at the University of Wyoming, and she is fascinated and passionate about helping people uh, find their financial path along the way. And she's also very interested in helping businesses work with uh, creating human capital. So I want to talk a little bit more about human capital. Um, Michelle, so excited to have you here. I see the palm trees in the back. So I know that in spirit, you're with us here in California. I am. I love the warm tropical areas and I love my area as well. Wyoming's great. It's fascinating. So if you get a chance, come on out here and visit us. It's beautiful. It's beautiful geographically. We have great, um, great land. Yellowstone's here, Devil's Tower, the Bighorns. There's all the uh, Tetons, the uh, Wind Rivers. It's gorgeous here in Wyoming. So come and visit us. And we have lots of critters, four-legged, some two-legged like chickens, but mostly big four-legged critters like antelope, deer, elk, and moose. But don't go in the winter because there's lots of snow, or at least if you're snow averse like me, I like them in pictures. That's right, because it is this place is for survivors only because you don't come and mess with Mother Nature. And you know, you have to make sure that you're prepared to come here and have all your gear, summer or winter. Exactly. Well, let me. So, one fun fact that you mentioned to me was that a few years, several years ago, you paid off $157,000 worth of debt in just three years. Absolutely. And how did it feel? How did it feel one to have one hundred fifty-seven thousand dollars worth of debt, and then how did it feel to get it paid off? Well, Bob, in the beginning, I guess I didn't really um, feel the brevity of. I've been teaching business for twenty years, and so I was. I've been formally trained in numbers and systems and all kinds of stuff. And I was driving to see my daughter in Washington State, and I was actually in Montana, uh, bridging up uh, a, a summit. And I was listening to Dave Ramsey 
And for some reason, I was thinking, we're high-income earners and we have all this debt. And I felt such a weight. I felt so embarrassed being a business teacher. Here, it's like having a shop teacher with a missing finger. I am teaching people how to deal with money and I am not... Um, I'm not maximizing all my stuff. So I guess I had a moment there uh, when we're going up the summit and then got some systems through the Dave Ramsey and just started working my budget like no other, our budget, because at that time we were married and it was school loans and it was uh, fancy trucks. And, and you don't really realize um, when you when you're high income earners and you're just living life and you're not paying that close attention, you don't realize uh, how debt can add up. And as a single parent, I really was cognizant of all of my money. But as I as I aged and made more money, it seemed like I just wasn't as aware. And so once that awareness came and we started having a plan and working on it, I felt so free and so I felt okay. I felt some hope. I felt like not that I, I had a great I've had a great life the whole and I've had a really nice very very privileged life um and so but it gave me a freedom inside my energy was able to I was able to take this job through UW take a little pay cut come here and have so much more freedom it yeah. was fab there was just it it loosened me up and at, my husband and I up in ways we bought rentals or just things that we could have never done if we hadn't have been aware, it wasn't just paying off the debt, but it was being aware of where we were at and how to leverage it. So yeah. that's, that's what was good. Cool. And when you work with women now that have experienced divorce or are looking to change their financial situation, is there something that is a common theme there? Like you talked about being embarrassed about realizing you had all this debt and here you are teaching people about money. Is there something that seems to be a common thread when you work with these women who are looking to empower themselves? Yeah, they're scared. They're scared. They don't have systems. They're scared to death because they've lost their lifestyle, things that they were used to and that they, um, and they maybe not paid attention to you know it's it's it, it, it's a variety i would say fear uh fear shame there's a lot of um negative emotions um what i would say surrounding that like why well, how did i get to this point why did i trust him and it's like it, you can't shame yourself for where you're at you just have to uh, find some help, get some systems, and start working towards something that can get you out of that so that you can not feel so ashamed and, and, and so scared. People are yeah. very scared. And so fear is the number one emotion that I would say. Um, and it doesn't matter what income level they're at, they're scared. And they're scared for their little kids and their families and their future. So Absolutely. that's what I see. Why are systems good? Systems are great because you can, um, for me, I have to be able to see in black and white, like on my spreadsheet or if I have an app, what I'm doing, what's coming in and what's going out. I can look at my receipt. Uh, If I have a system like my little budget that I work my one-page budget, I keep stuff really simple so that I can do it because I used to complicate it and then I wouldn't do it. It's just like eating stuff, um, having something like – 
putting your bills at the, in the same place all the time so that you know where everything's at. Then you can get them out and pay them at certain times of the month. That's a system. So that helps you to know what's coming in and going out. It's powerful for me because then like my auto, when I take uh, money from my auto deduct out of my paycheck into my savings, I don't have to think about that. It helps right. me because it, it frees up my little hamster cage because I think about everything until I, and, and until I have something to alleviate that pain and to, and to check off, it creates me stress and pain. So systems help alleviate stress and the unknowns for Absolutely. me personally. Absolutely. So let me ask you this. If money were no object, uh, what would you change about your life? I would travel everywhere. I would not be doing, I would not work for anybody. Okay. (laughs) And what's so great about travel? Why do you like to travel? I like to travel because I love people and I love to see how they live, what they eat, how they think, how they do things, how they speak. I love listening to different people from all over the world. And, but yet to know they still have the same basic human needs as me. You know, they want to eat. They, they need to have shelter, food, um, love. They, everybody has a purpose. Everybody wants to have a purpose. So I just like um, getting outside of myself because I'm in my head a lot. I'm like, woo, you know, doing all these, uh, just do all this thinking, you know, crazy thinking. And then it helps me to realize that, you know, I'm human and other people are too. And it's beautiful to watch how other people live. And then I'll adopt some of their stuff too, if I like it. Absolutely. What are two or three of the smartest financial moves you ever made? Um, investing in your when you're at work and they have a 401k if you have a match like at at my husband's work they had a six percent match we we that's how we were able to become millionaires is to have our um retirement our 401k and my 403b always and consistently from the time we started um investing in that and it was mindless because we didn't miss it at all it wasn't yeah. harmful it didn't create pain and and for me i like to uh reduce pain life is about pain reduction in healthy ways and so it it reduced our i didn't feel it at all yeah when we invested and then it compound interest grew real estate is the second best investment that i've ever done we've already uh, bought houses bought real rentals and we're able to leverage those. Um, now I'm buying my first house. I just, I'm going to sign on October 16th for a new townhouse on my own nice. because I had really good credit. And because I've been very cognizant of my own, I've always had my own, put my name on everything, been very aware of that. So I would say, Bob, investing in your 401k at your job and always having some type of an investment um, tool and doing it um, just consistently from the time you're early, real estate, and then investing in my own human capital. Great. Say a little more about human capital because you talk about it and I don't think everybody knows what that is. Okay. When I talk about human capital, education um, for me is is building my human capital. Um, education, uh, I, 
my first gig was, I, I'm a cosmetologist. I went to school to do that because I didn't have any other direction otherwise. Right. My parents wanted me to go to college, but I didn't know what I wanted to be. So that just seemed like a long time to be going to school for nothing that I really had in mind. So for me, getting a direction about how my purpose and how I could, I've always been, I've always wanted to teach since the time I've been little. I was, uh, my friend, had, her parents taught music and we would uh, play school all the time. And so, but I didn't really realize that about myself until I got into education. So higher, um, going to college after I had done all these other things, I was a single parent and decided, boy, I better get, I better get serious here and get a real career. And that really helped me. It helped me to critic, develop my critical thinking. And that was the best thing that I could have ever done, um, developing critical thinking so I could solve not just my problems, but help other people solve their problems. And for me, the, the, uh, the way was through education, formal education. And you can do that all different types of ways today. I mean, from YouTube videos to con, all kinds of cool things. But for me, I had to have a focus and I had to have a purpose. And that really exposed me to people all over the world from the University of Wyoming. There's people from Morocco there. I I mean, there's just so Japan, all kinds of, and I, and they, and they were open to me as well. Not only was I open to them, but they were open to me. So building your human capital to me is about learning, growing, um, uh, not just about uh, learning about your money, but learning about your health, learning about other people, learning about how you can keep your house, you know, maintenance your house better, take better care of your pet, be a better coworker, all these things that we can, that we don't know. And as an older person, I can say, learn as much as you, learn as much as you can, be open to other people, be open to other ideas, incorporate those to where you're at. And that's what builds your human capital. Awesome. Now, I also know you invest in doggy capital because you have a little Sheltie. I do. And uh, how much do you spend on your dog a month? Do you have a budget for your dog or is the sky the limit? I actually do. No, okay. the sky's not the limit, Bob. The sky <laughs> used to be the limit when we had four dogs, but and Uh-oh. that was when we were making more money and doing okay. stuff that I was fostering. But now I've reeled it quite a bit in. So right. I have her budget's a hundred dollars a month, and that includes uh, tre- she gets groomed every month, and that's forty five dollars, and that includes treats uh, if I have to take her to the vet, and then then I use my emergency fund if I have to do any extra stuff. So it's a hundred bucks a month, but it was up to two fifty. For those four dogs and people think you're crazy, but you know what? It's my money and I have plenty of money to do what I need to do. So that's what I invested in is my four-legged critters. Well, I think that's awesome. And I, and I think though people sometimes don't realize the financial cost of, of bringing in pets, of vet bills, of, of whatever those things are involved, you know, dog training. And, and so I mentioned it, you know, jokingly, but also that's where your money can go pretty quick. I know my dogs are pretty, you know, spoiled. So Exactly. They have better lives than some people in third world countries. They do. They really do. And I, like right now, there's this little cat that's homeless out in our, uh, it's, I have a big field by my apartment complex and it's time that that kitty has a home. So yeah. um, to buy all the little supplies and stuff for that little kitty was approximately $121.73. And so, and that's not the vet that's not going to be trying to wrestle it down and the i hope it i hope it likes baths baths. yeah Uh, bob (laughs) 
Yes, I'm a little. I'm like, oh my, and my dog's like, I hope my dog. See, I'm trying. I'm trying to figure out, and then I'm actually trying to talk my ex husband into adopting it through buying this, you know, stuff so he can. I'm like, here, here's a bonus that it has a cat carrier. That's so right. If I, yeah, that's funny. So pets do cost. They do. Any creature, any living creature costs because we have to eat we have to be you know shelter we have to have medical care we have to have and if you feed them uh bad food then you're going to be dealing with vet bills you're going to be dealing with some other stuff and so be cognizant of whatever you choose to bring into your world because it always has a cost it there's nothing wrong with it but be aware of that because those are the things that really can uh spoil your lifestyle I mean, if I go to Walmart too many times, um, I don't, I stay away from Walmart. I try to stay away from going into stores or going on Amazon too much. I have to, it's a constant yes and no to myself. That's right. And what do you love to, if, if nobody's looking, what do you love to spend money on? No, like just, I can't help it. I'm going to spend the money. The dang skin doctor, the beauty doctor. I am trying. I am a raisin trying to turn myself into a grape. Oh, there. So I'm always on. To- <laughs> All right, turning raisins beauty. into grapes. I love. That's it. right. I am. I'm always until the day I die. I'm going to be a polished little raisin, and that's fine. I. You don't realize how beautiful you are when you're younger, and how. I. I mean, I used to teach uh, high school and college students, and they're so beautiful. Their skin, hair, teeth, and nails, they're just beautiful. They don't realize it. And when you're young, you don't realize it. And then you get start to age, and it's like, it takes more putty, it takes more time, it takes more whatever. But I'm going to go out with a, you know, lip gloss on, some lotion, and I better be puttied up till the end. So no matter what age I am, beauty products and it's it's kind of shame it's kind of my hidden secret bob just because we won't tell anybody no i know it's weird it's (laughs) almost like you're like okay because people try to guess my age i'm like dun 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 i'd never tell them my daughter's age that's That's, smart that's the secret bob and then they think i'm around their age i'm like thank you could i give you a hug that's awesome all right so that's going to be my new motto go out looking like a grape um, Amen, that- <laughs> brother. And, and that, there's lots, there's lots of face cream and, and and laser treatments that can that can help you along. All right. Well, that's a good tip, and that can be money well spent. Um, so yeah. there's no shaming that when you have the money to budget for that. What yeah. um, What would you say? And maybe there's nothing, but is there any area of your finances that you still say to yourself, "Oh, I need to really." That's something I want to work on a little bit more, um, whether it's overspending, whether it's investing more, whether it's uh, paying, you know, giving yourself pleasure um, in terms of uh, some people feel guilty if they make a lot of money that they go out and have fun. So I'm not going to have any pleasure while I make all this money. Um, so. Oh, I don't. I feel I'm, I'm you all feel for great. it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm all for it. Um, for myself, I would say I want to leverage my investments more. Mm-hmm. Um. I always want to leverage what I have and be able to make more from what I have. And um, I'm looking at uh, switching a, a couple investments to um, other areas so that I could leverage up. I've been reading. I mean, I constantly am reading uh, just when I, I, I know just enough to be dangerous about stuff. It's what I've discovered for myself. And so I'm, I'm always just fi- uh, the leveraging of my mm-hmm. resources and investing. 
especially because I usually deal with like grocery. I'm I'm way about um, helping my clients at the grocery store with their credit, all of these different areas. And if you don't have extra money to, if you're struggling at the grocery store, you don't have extra money to invest. So you got to get good at the little things in the world before you can get good at the big things. And so now I'm at a different stage in life, a life stage and a different money stage. And so to leverage myself to another stage is a challenge. So that's where FinCon, people like you, people, people who are doing it, um, that's who I look to, other eagles, so that I can kind of copy them because I'm faking it till I make it, just like right. everyone else. Yeah, that's all we can do. Let me ask you this. So you work with a lot of people, you educate a lot of people. What do you say to these people that are new to it or young that say, uh, yeah, money's boring. Um, I don't want to know numbers. I'm not good with numbers. I don't need to know it. Um, why is it important? I know there's not a lot of um, ed- literacy around um, you know, finances. There's just not a lot of education. Why is it important for people that, you know, it, it's boring, Michelle. I don't want to talk about this stuff. I want to just go have fun. Why should I care? Well, it's your life. If you don't want to pay attention to the resources in your life and be able to leverage them to have a better, potentially better life, then it's you, it's up to you. You know, we have to pay attention to things in order for them to um, make a difference in our life. And so, if you just want to go along like a leaf in a in a stream, go ahead. It's it's up to you. Some people can't take it. Some people really can't take um, looking at the at at you know what they have coming in, what they have going out, how I'm spending my money. Am I am I going fast food places too much? There's nothing wrong with going doing anything if you if it, if your life can support that. But um, when people say they don't care and mm-hmm. are apathetic about it. Um, it's your, that's your life that you're being apathetic about, that you're in neutral or reverse. So it's your life. If you want to have that type of attitude, you know, in my life, what I've discovered is this works well for me, you know, paying attention, growing, learning works really good for me. And I've had really good success in an area, um, in a area where there's more antelope than people. And so I have been able to leverage myself in ways that I would have never been able to um being i wouldn't be sitting here today if i wouldn't have paid attention wouldn't be aware and wouldn't want to i want to make a difference to people i want people to feel better about their world since they knew me so if you want to live your life that way and not and and not um if you want to just go ahead and do what you're doing it's your choice that's the freedoms of america but i would say to you to be able to really embrace life and to have the life that you potentially want i mean your attitude right now may change depending on what happens in in your life you may have a catastrophic event that would jar you loose into paying attention but let's not hope so let's let's hope you're paying attention to your life this is like i say this is michelle inc no one else is going to run Michelle Inc. like I do. So yeah. have Absolutely. fun. That's Absolutely. what I say to them. Absolutely. Did your parents talk to you about money? Did you like have support from your parents? Do you remember things your parents used to tell you? Do you use some of their phrases today? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, but not about money. My parents were great. I had some real um, – I grew up with uh, – 
four brothers and just myself. And my parents were real hardworking, high-driving, high high-achieving people. Go, go, go and achieve. They had a trucking, uh, oil-filled trucking company. So we were always really busy, but they and we had every resource that we ever needed. I was very blessed and very taken care of. But as far as guidance went, my brothers were all wrestlers, and so they were all into sports, and, and they were real they were very, very successful, went all over the world. But we didn't talk about, um, they, they had a trucking company, but I, they didn't train us for what we were going to do. Like the boys were going to go run the trucking company, but I was kind of left off, not really left off, but it's like, you'll go get married or go do something. That sounds weird because it was the A. It's not like I'm that yeah. old, but yeah. I didn't feel like they um, they were busy with their own purpose and they were not grooming or they were not generationally grooming me for um, career success. But my grandparents, I had, I had a, my dad had 18 brothers and sisters and I have oh my goodness. cousins. So I had a huge family to support me. I had lots of cool people to give me ideas, but I didn't really, I wasn't very focused regarding any money, any with my parents. Cause they had so much money. Here's an example, not in the beginning, but they had a trucking company and we lived in the doctor's circle. So when we would, uh, my parents would give us hundred dollar bills to go and go get something from the store, or we would, we had a condo in Vail and, each year we'd go down and everybody would get a new coat and all skis and everything. So it was way excessive, right? way excessive. It wasn't reality. So when I got out and then I got married and then I had a baby and was a single parent, it's like shocker city. I mean, I'm like, I don't even know what happened to me, brick yeah. wall. But um, no, I didn't have any, but they were great people and loving and provided everything. I found my own way. I'm good. Awesome. So let me ask you this. Do you think knowing that your parents intentionally, unintentionally set your brothers up for their careers and that you would go for your MRS, um, do you think that that had an impact in you wanting to work with women, uh, divorced women, women out on their own to like help empower women because you saw this uh, perspective that maybe your brothers didn't see? Oh, absolutely. I've always had a chip on my shoulder from <laughs> being, being, being not a man. Mm-hmm. And I love men and mm-hmm. I love being a woman, but I always felt like that in, I always felt that inequity here in my family and in Wyoming. And so, but I love men too. And I still can teach men and I still care about men. Um, it's not about that. It's more that women, it's, it's almost like I am women look to me. I don't know. I, I'm not putting it out there, Bob, but my personality, I'm, I'm, I'm like on some level force of nature in a good way, not, you know, not a tornado or anything, but just in a good way, uh, Mm -hmm. high energy, want to help, want to, want to serve. And so women look to me and I've been through all kinds of stuff and survived it. Like I just went through a divorce after 26 years of marriage and I'm still, and we're still friends and we're still okay. My, my net worth took a hit and so did my emotional, but I'm okay. And I was able to leverage and be able to grieve and to, and to heal and to get myself in to a place where I'm okay and to leverage it up again and not be, I mean, I've had some real pain and grief through all kinds of, you know, my husband's cancer, my brother's, all kinds of stuff. And it's like, I see other people's pain 
and I, I want to help them. That's, that's awesome. One of the things that you talk about, um, I noticed in your bio and when I look at your website and all that stuff, you talk about creating a non-judgmental space. And can you say more about why that's important? Because I think a lot of people um, self-judge and take themselves out and there's a lot of financial shame. How do you create that space and why is it important? Um, creating a non we are very hard on ourselves uh, as people. I know I am. I'm my worst critic. And so in order for me to even uh, work through things, I have to forgive myself for uh, stupid, like human stupidity, things that I didn't know, things that I've done or bit, like I'm, say that I haven't done my budget for a while. I have to say, Michelle, it's okay. Forgive yourself. Do it today and do micro tiny habits and, and give myself some grace and mercy and not be so, I'm not perfect. I'm trying to do the best I can. I'm trying to leverage what I have. And everybody's there. You know, people who have smoked their lifetime and have lung cancer, they don't need your crap about why they didn't need to smoke. They're hurting. They right. need they need you to be supportive of where they're at today. So for me, creating a non-judgmental space about how you got to where you're at and telling my, some of my stories, some of the things I've done that have been really stupid and really um, not so smart and not, um, not helpful to me. And in my, I have mindsets sometimes that aren't helpful. So I don't know how I created other than just be real with people and be mindful and present with them and listen to their pain. That's yeah. how I, that's how I do it. I listen and the older I get, the more pain I see. So it's like, I have to really, and I don't care how people got to where they're at. They're where they're at and they need help out. And we are ashamed of all these things in our society, but yet we'll be on Facebook for 20. I, I mean, get real people. Let's talk about how we can help ourselves have some hope about our money and our resources and our health. Let's be real and quit lying to ourselves and being so ashamed about how we got there. Crap. I can't, I mean, I'm in the mud. I'm stuck in the mud. I'm there. Don't tell me about missing a mud puddle. It's too late. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. We're where, we're where we are. Uh, There's a quote that I love wherever you go, there you are. I love that too. That's one of my favorites. It's one of my favorites. And I think Mm -hmm. to just, yeah, to stop, making the judgments about, well, you should have, you could have, you might have. Well, here I am. What do we do now? Like, let's deal with the present that's real. What do you, yeah. You were going to say something? No, go ahead, Bob. Well, I was going to say, what do you, what do you want your legacy to be? What is the impact that you want to have in terms of financial literacy, in terms of what you want to bring as a person? What do you want to, what do you want to leave behind? Well, generationally, I'd like to leave behind that I that when you were with me, you felt like the world was okay, like you were okay when you were with me in the world. Um, also that I um, that I use my purpose. That I people always gave me crap about financial. Nobody's gonna. You're not gonna be able to make a living on that bull crap. I've been able to do great because. I've been able to teach concepts and and talk to people about money stuff when I'm not a true expert, when I've been able to take uh, complex uh, concepts and break them into easily digestible 
um, things that people could really use. And so I want to be known for helping somebody um, be able to leverage their resources and have a better life. And that I was funny and fun to be around and that I was a great person that I, that I lived a wild life and just rode out of here. Woo. You know, that I just came in and lived and, and you couldn't help but notice me and you couldn't help but uh, feel my infectious energy towards helping people. So that's what I want to be known for is that, and, and then what's cool is some of my stuff is recorded. So you'll be able to see me when I am dead and gone. So that's awesome. There you go. Looking like a grape. <laughs> Looking like a grape, a polished up grape. I love it. And I really love the, uh, the, the, what you said is um, use your purpose. Like don't waste it. Use your purpose. We all have a purpose. I deeply believe that. And, and I do too. Like time's a wasting if you're not if you're not doing what you're here to do. Exactly. There's so many people for every type of job, every type of situation, things that I would never people say, You like teenagers? I love teenagers. There's they have so much hope and and fire and energy for the future. They're the best. They're a little bit hormonal and a little bit, you know, they don't reality hasn't really set in, but that's what's beautiful about them. Yeah. Love with love people where they're at and quit being that's what I say. Love people where they're at and quit trying to change them. Now I'm I'm older. I'm like, I wanna make people's lives better, give them cookies and just let them be. I don't want to change their religion. I don't want to change their polit. I don't want to change anything or their diaper. I just want to give them a cookie and have a good time. <laughs> I would agree with that. I'm not into changing diapers. <laughs> Michelle, <laughs> where can people find you on social media? On, um, I just launched my website, michelleknowsmoney.com. That's where you can find me. So I do financial coaching, speaking, writing, and educating. And I would love, love to help you if, if you need my help. And I'm, I'm here to help. So thank you, michelleknowsmoney.com. That is so awesome. People, check that out. And I want to say, uh, don't forget to share the love. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search for Money You Should Ask, all one word. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. And if you prefer to watch our episodes, you can head over to the YouTube channel and subscribe to the Money You Should Ask channel. Michelle Vigil, it has been awesome. And thanks again. And I'm glad that we got to connect. We connected through FinCon, and hopefully I'll see you in Austin. And Yeah. uh, yeah. And uh, keep going out and knowing your money. Thank you, Bob. And when you come to Wyoming, you look me up because I would love to give you a tour. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you. 